Our text of scripture for this Pentecost Sunday comes from Acts of the Apostles chapter 2, the story of Pentecost itself. I invite you to listen for God's word as it comes to us from Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were seating. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you join me in a word of prayer? And so, gracious God, as you filled that house that day, fill us. We've come to hear a word from you. So speak to us now, we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, our living Lord. Amen. This week I was reading a recent article in The Economist magazine that's entitled The Sunday Slump tells the story of a different community Presbyterian church, this one in Orlando, Florida, near Disney's Magic Kingdom. Walt Disney's niece apparently partially helped to fund the church building program. It's a congregation of about 800. It can swell with tourists during the tourist season to about 1,500. In March, when Walt Disney World closed, the church did too because its fortunes took a nosedive, according to the article. Since their income derives chiefly from weekly donations, when, those in, when their income plummeted, several employees lost their job immediately, including one of the two pastors, Reverend Bill Vanderbush, who commented when interviewed, quote, you know as a pastor that you're living on the generosity of those around you, end quote. The article goes on to describe the extent of the developing problem for all churches throughout the country. The COVID-19 pandemic, it reads, has hammered churches of all sizes and denominations across America. Quote, many do not have sufficient cash reserves to tide them over for more than a few months, and reopening is unlikely to bring the relief that it will to other parts of the economy. The result could be a significant reduction in the number of churches in America. The president of the Barna Group, David Kinneman, even suggested that as many as one in five churches and one in three mainline ones could close for good within the next 18 months, end quote. But... There's Acts chapter 2. No one predicted that. Just when you least expect it, the Holy Spirit shows up and does something that's so unexpected, so unpredictable, and so powerful that it transforms a frightened little group of people into a force for good that even the powers that be in the state have to pay attention to. On this day celebrating Pentecost, a weekend when churches are now being allowed to begin to gather physically again, 
Now, there's significant restrictions and protocols in order to keep people safe from the virus. But on this Sunday, this is the 12th Sunday we've been worshiping online exclusively. And we're reading about the very beginning of the early church in Acts chapter 2. When they were all together in one place, there came this sound like the rush of a violent wind. And with that unexpected, unpredictable empowerment, the early church began. The life-giving power of the Holy Spirit is the presence of the absent Jesus. It's known as the paraclete or the advocate. And it's continuing the work of Jesus, according to one biblical scholar at least. And and it's essential for the spiritual life, the Holy Spirit. The Greek word paraclete literally means coming alongside. It's often translated as comforter or helper. The Holy Spirit comes alongside the believer as an advocate, providing continuing instruction in the faith, revealing the truth and keeping the voice of Jesus, a living voice in the life of the believer and in the life of the church. Now, the word Pentecost means 50th day, essentially. And many of you know that the Bible has a thing about numbers and symbolism. And if you know that, you know that there's a special thing about the number seven, that things get worked out as multiples of seven. In Genesis, the story of creation took place in six days, and on the seventh day, God rested. So therefore, every seventh day, there is to be a Sabbath. Every seventh week is a Sabbath week. Every seventh year is a Sabbath year, and the ground is supposed to lay fallow and be allowed to regenerate. And when there's a cycle of seven sevens, That makes up 49, the year became a Sabbath year. But the 50th year they called the year of Jubilee. It's that year, if you had any debt or any mortgage, it was canceled. You started the 50th year debt-free. Everybody did, the whole country. Debt-free. Now, wouldn't that be a good news piece today? Can you imagine that? I mean... To avoid an economic meltdown in this time, we're going to be increasing the debt of our country. Furthermore, in the year of Jubilee, they opened the doors of all the prisons. They gave people a fresh start in the 50th year. It meant the beginning of a new era for everyone, rich and poor, good and bad. For centuries, the year of Jubilee was celebrated. And this day of Pentecost symbolized that joy and the excitement that people felt in the year of Jubilee because it was a fresh start. It's a time of God's new beginning, a time when God would make things right, give people the power they need to make a new start. So whatever the predictions and calculations about the church that leave out the possibility of a fresh start, Empowered by the Holy Spirit. Well, those predictions and estimations are simply inadequate and misguided because 
There's Acts chapter 2. This morning we reaffirm that life, the life that God gives, comes through the Holy Spirit into our lives. And that life comes both from the life of the community of faith and it comes for the life of the community of faith. In other words, we need one another in order to experience that kind of life. A fresh start is possible. Here's how our brief statement of faith in the Presbyterian Church USA describes it. Quote, We trust in God, the Holy Spirit, everywhere, the giver and renewer of life. The Spirit justifies us by grace through faith, sets us free to accept ourselves and to love God and neighbor, and binds us together with all believers in the one body of the church of Christ. In a broken and fearful world, the Spirit gives us courage to pray without ceasing, to witness among all peoples, to Christ as Lord and Savior, to unmask idolatries in church and culture, to hear the voices of peoples long silenced, to work with others for justice, freedom, and peace. In gratitude to God, empowered by the Spirit, we strive to serve Christ in our daily tasks and to live holy and joyful lives, even as we watch for God's new heaven and new earth, praying, come, Lord Jesus, end quote. You know, a more recent example of that new inbreaking of the Holy Spirit came in 1906 right here in the greater Los Angeles area on Azusa Street where a revival broke out and it resembled that day of Pentecost. Healings occurred. People spoke in strange languages and the Holy Spirit descended on multiple races of people and melted them together in one unified whole. A new form of life in the life of the church was born and it's still alive today known as Pentecostalism. And it's quite possibly the fastest growing church in the world today. One biblical scholar, Philip Jenkins, uses the phrase, the coming global Christianity well, it may not look like our Presbyterian churches. And that's because of Acts chapter 2. Don't count out the Holy Spirit. Just when you think it's over and just when you're ready to give up, the unexpected, unpredictable, unrelenting, empowering Spirit of God shows up to continue the work of Jesus with those who gather in his name. The church that gathers with that very simplest of confessions that Jesus is Lord as a way of shaking up the status quo. Acts chapter 2 lays the theological foundation for the church and it claims that the church and the gospel of Christ is translatable. The followers of Jesus are being connected by a power of the Spirit that comes into their midst. And unity is discovered in that, in that experience that doesn't dissolve the many languages, 
but becomes embodied in the people generated by the Spirit gathered together in the name of Jesus Christ. So don't cut out the work of the Holy Spirit everywhere, the giver and renewer of life. You know, one of the things that we're discovering during this pandemic when we're forced to use this kind of technology to be able to worship together, we're beginning to think we can maybe use this technology in ways we haven't even thought of yet. Like, what would happen if we took this service and translated it into Mandarin and made this service more available to our neighbors and friends in the community? That's possible, and we're considering whether we can make that happen. Amazed and perplexed is what they experienced on that first Pentecost day. The Spirit of the Lord is still amazing and perplexing us as well as the pundits and the predictors. And it's all because of Acts 2. Look, things are not as they should be in God's world. And here's the miracle. This is what God is doing. God is birthing a new humanity right here in the midst of the old humanity. A new humanity that dissolves racial ethnic distinctions in the waters of baptism. A new humanity that translates faith in Jesus Christ into every language for every tribe. A new humanity without demarcations of wealth and power because they have no standing at the table of our Lord where all are invited to share the feast of bread and wine. You know, this week there's a different violent wind that's blowing through our country. The epicenter is in my own hometown of Minneapolis, where George Floyd lost his life under the knee of a Minneapolis policeman gasping for breath. George Floyd was a 46-year-old African-American being arrested apparently for forgery And his death has led to protests throughout the country and riots in Minneapolis. How long, O Lord, must we live with this violent wind of racism and the consequences of our enslavement of people? How long, O Lord, will we blame others who don't look like us? We live in a world and in a country that doesn't live up to its highest ideals we still struggle to treat one another equally. Our country needs a fresh wind blowing. We continue to separate ourselves from others who do not share our skin color or our language or our ethnic heritage. Acts chapter 2 and Pentecost provides us with a radically different vision of God's coming kingdom. One where we're empowered by God's own spirit and where the the community celebrates our differences and yet is unified. Where we are gifted differently by God, but we're gifted for one another. Because there's Acts chapter 2, there's hope. 
Don't count out the Holy Spirit. The unexpected, the unpredictable, the unrelenting Spirit of God is at work in the world, birthing a new humanity in the midst of the old one. Just when you least expect it, the Holy Spirit shows up and does something so unpredictable and so powerful that it transforms a frightened little group of people into a force for good. May it be so with us. And so in gratitude to God, empowered by the Spirit, we strive to serve Christ in our daily tasks, to live holy and joyful lives, even as we watch for God's new heaven and new earth, saying, come, Lord Jesus. Amen.